Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Good evening and welcome to our special Halloween edition of Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the horribly absurd. Tonight, we conclude our series on classic horror films and their remakes. Last week, we were on Elm Street. Tonight, we take a trip to Haddonfield, Illinois, with the 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween and the 2007 Rob Zombie remake. Beware, spoilers. One, two, I'm coming for you. My name is Don, and to my right, we have the guy guaranteed to haunt your dreams. This is John. And to my left, the guy most likely to have a basement full of dead bodies. This is the professor, Ken. (laughs) You know, you keep talking about it and keep bringing it up, and people keep asking questions and you both know what happens when people ask too many questions stop asking questions okay fair enough no more questions for the professor i think i beat myself a little yeah 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 uh if you don't hear from us in the next couple of weeks uh fans the professor did it uh what did you guys think of halloween's I thought that the Halloween movies were a fun watch. It's, uh, I think, an, uh, an iconic movie to be thinking about when you think about the holiday of Halloween. Absolutely, 100%. Something we were discussing earlier before we started taping was you have your memories of these movies and, and what you thought you remembered the movies being like, and then you actually go back and you rewatch them and you're like, oh, I don't remember that, or I... I don't remember it being like that. And, and actually, like Ken was saying, I thoroughly enjoyed rewatching these movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching one of them. <laughs> so there's that, I guess. Uh, do you remember where you were when you saw the first one? I saw Halloween in the theater, I think. Wow. Did you see it in the theater? No, I did not. I actually watched the Friday the 13th series and only probably like 15, 20 years ago, actually started watching the Halloween movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I didn't watch the original when it came out, but I'm pretty sure I watched it, you know, like a couple of years later type of thing sure. in the theater. Sure. I would have been like six, I think, when it came out. Yeah, I was four. Okay. Yeah. Um, I saw it on VHS. Um, I saw it know, on VHS as well. One of those Halloween parties growing up. Yep. And yeah, the shape and that music and that was pretty powerful stuff at the time. When I was uh, watching Friday the 13th, the original, that was a uh, precipitous fall from grace. It was not quite cratering, but it was a definite disappointment if you happen to hear that other pod. When I was rewatching this Halloween, I was... 
I was uh, not anxious, but I was cautious as to how much am I going to enjoy this again after a period of time. It totally delivered. It held up the test of time. It it is a classic in the same way that um, the movie Psycho just it it works every time. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of Halloween, let's talk about the 1978 version. Oh, if you insist. Well, we, we could do 2007 first. It is your basement. It won't, well, fucking A, it is. Released on October 25th, 1978, Halloween was directed by John Carpenter. It was written by John Carpenter. It stars Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, PJ Souls, Nancy Loomis, Nick Castle, Tony Moran, and Will Sandin. It was made for $325,000, and it made $70 million. And it, like we were saying, it, it kind of launched a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really brought us Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. I mean, thank you, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever see Halloween 2? I did. It was a long time ago. And, watch, you know, this assignment has really made me want to go back and watch it again. Are you going to watch the remake of Halloween 2? I don't know. I, <clears throat> that We'll get into that a little bit later about our feelings about the, the re- original and remake. Mm-hmm. On which one has now made me want to go back and watch the sequels. Yeah. 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 Have you ever seen Halloween 2? Yeah, I it's it's forgettable. I don't remember anything yeah. about it. Uh it happens in a hospital and Michael oh, is chasing yeah, yeah, Lori yeah. and I forget how it ends after that. Uh I think he kill I think she kills him. Um I think because John Carpenter wanted Michael Myers dead after 2 because he wanted the Halloween series to be an anthology, which is why we got season of the witch mm-hmm. yeah you, he, he kind of wanted it to be like what uh, american horror story is now yeah or right, is a different right. mm-hmm. story each season he wanted a different story each movie yeah and he got really kind of grossed out by about the movies that they just are rehashing or they kept rehashing the same storyline every movie after the third one yeah so i think he only serves as executive producer or gets the writing credit as uh the one creating the character. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he kind of stepped away from the entire franchise, I believe. Yeah. He, he eventually sold it. Yeah, 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 he did. I think that this latest one, the Halloween movie that's coming out on the 15th of October, is going to be like Jamie Lee Curtis's sixth Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. How many times has she died in them? I, don't, I have to go back and watch. I Just one. She dies at the opening of Halloween H2O. Oh, does she? Yeah. They kill off Laurie Strode and then they go, no, it's the one where they're in the MTV house. She pulls off a Ripley. Yeah, kind of. They kill her off in the first 20 minutes and then it turns into like a reality TV show. They're spending the night at Buster Rhymes is in it. I think it's uh, Mm. Resurrection, I think. Mm. I don't know. And to all, uh, and to our faithful listener, you now feel dumber for knowing that information. (laughs) Not great films by any stretch of the imagination but let's talk about a film that was pretty great right 15 years after murdering his sister on halloween night in 1963 michael myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of haddonfield illinois to kill again doesn't get much uh much more difficult to understand than that no and you know at three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, you know carpenter was uh i mean it was almost independent filmmaking do you know what jimmy jimmy lee curtis's paycheck was eight thousand eight thousand dollars eight thousand dollars yeah he said that it was a uh 
the ultimate tribute to Alfred Hitchcock because uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, cast her mom, Janet Lee. Is it Janet Lee? Janet Lee in Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, another reason why Jamie Lee Curtis got the job. Yeah. And she actually, uh, especially in the first few days of filming, thought she was doing a horrible job and was waiting for him to call her and fire her at any moment. But I thought she did a good job in the movie. I thought she was great. I think that out of all of the slasher girls of the series that we have reviewed, she is easily one or two, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And just because of my love of the film and how much I gushed on that other uh, podcast, I think Nancy from Nightmare is well in my top two as well. As so. I talked about in our, and I'm not going to go into the reason why, but as I talked in about in our Freddie podcast, uh, Nancy holds a special place in my heart. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? So you get it, right? Yeah. yeah, so. All right, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Halloween. On Halloween night, 1963, in the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, six-year-old Michael Myers stabs his teenage sister Judith to death with a kitchen knife. For the next 15 years, he is incarcerated at Smith's Groves Sanitarium. On October 30th, 1978, Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis, arrives at the sanitarium to escort Michael to court for a hearing. However, Michael has escaped and stolen his car. Michael is headed home. On Halloween, Michael stalks Lori Strode and her two friends, Annie and Linda. Loomis arrives in Haddonville in search of Michael. He meets with Annie's father, Sheriff Lee Brackett, and they investigate Michael's house. That night, Lori babysits Tommy Doyle and Annie babysits Lindsay Wallace across the street. Annie later takes Lindsay over to the Doyle's house to spend the night so she can pick up her boyfriend, Paul. When she gets in her car, Michael appears from the back seat, strangling and slitting her throat. Soon after, Linda and her boyfriend Bob arrive at the Wallace house and find it empty. After having sex, Bob goes downstairs to get a beer, where Michael pins him to the wall with a kitchen knife. Michael strangles Linda with a phone cord. Looking for her friends, Lori goes to the Wallace house and finds her friends' bodies. She flees to the hallway in terror where Michael suddenly appears in the dark and slashes her arm, causing her to fall over the stairway banister. Michael chases Lori back to Tommy's house. After getting the kids safely out the house, Lori fights with Michael. Lori rips Michael's mask off. Loomis, having seen the kids running away, enters the house and shoots Michael six times, knocking him off the balcony. Loomis walks to the balcony and looks down to see that Michael has vanished end movie what did you guys think of the way because obviously this movie starts off way different than the other movie in that we just get michael going in killing the sister coming out and standing on the front on the front lawn what did you think was that enough for you or did you like the other movie need more build up for me i really appreciated just jumping right into it and then not knowing I disagreed with uh, the the other Halloween having the uh, the story backline back you know the backdrop of why Michael is the way Michael is. Yeah, and and we'll get there. Uh, the opening of this I thought was um, very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, the fact that we're getting the POV through Michael's eyes. I love the shot when he puts on the mask and then it, it's the mask view. And, and, you know, uh, the, the boyfriend gets out alive because, well, he was smart and he left. Uh, but in the, and, uh, in this version, he only kills the sister. 
mm-hmm. right? And so, and I thought that was plenty to tell me that this dude is not right in the fucking head. I don't need a big long backstory to understand what's going on in this guy's head. He's a fucking nut, and he we know because the movie is called Halloween, and he turns out to be Michael Myers. And I don't, I don't need a whole big backstory, but I did like the way that Carpenter did this um because it showed that independent film style filmmaking style that i was talking about i I thought it was a great opening speaking of backstories one of the things that don loves is when i do a little bit of extra research and kind of ruin the movie for him so i'm going to share a little bit of where the thinking was and where um the motivation was for Michael Myers killing his sister. You get 30 seconds and go. Okay. Originally, there was a book that came out at the, just before this movie came out called Halloween by Curtis Richards. Um, in it, it's believed, this book is actually out of print now. It's hard to find. Even if you go to Amazon, you can't even order it. You have to kind of do a little research on it. But in it, it reveals that supposedly there was this, Back during the rise of the Druids, there was this guy named Edna or Enda who was in love with the king's daughter. All right, that's Deidre. 30 seconds. Thanks. That's all we get from uh, our comic book guy. Yeah, he was so, in what love I with really love about Deidre. this fucking movie was. Can I keep going? Can I, can I have the time? Can I have the time? Okay, you get 30 more seconds. Go. Okay, anyway, uh, he ends up professing his love for Deidre. Deidre sees, I guess he's got a deformed face, shoots him down. She ends up going to marry another guy. Uh, Enda ends up killing the king's daughter and this fiance, which pisses off the entire village. They kill him and curse him to basically have his soul wander for the rest of eternity, influencing other people. So basically, the story is that this is probably the voices that Michael's hearing in his head on Halloween, because the murders originally took place on Halloween, um, influencing him to go and kill other people. And what it's revealed also in the book uh, is that uh, Michael's grand great-grandfather also heard voices and killed people. So it kind of runs in his family that he's hearing these voices and are being influenced, apparently by this druid spirit. Do you feel smarter? No. I mean, if that's the book that was written, that's cool. If that's the backstory that they technically want to give Michael Myers, I guess whatever. Michael Myers' original origin to me uh, happens when we meet him in 63, right? So I don't I don't give a fuck about that stuff. I see why they cut it because it would probably be stupid hard to film. And it's, well, it's fucking stupid. But... Whatever. I, I agree with you 100%. I like the way this movie just starts with us not knowing the reasons why. We basically are just getting a killer. We're just getting the birth of a killer who's remorseless, has no motivation other than just killing. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of appreciated that for this movie. We get the opening with Loomis and what do you guys think of Loomis as a character and Donald Pleasance uh, from James Bond fame? Donald Pleasance rocked my world. I really enjoyed his, his portrayal of Loomis, and I really uh, uh, associate him strongly with uh, the character of the doctor who is trying to stop Michael. Yeah, yeah, he that is his mission. He knows that uh, in Michael's eyes, what does he say, is pure 
evil. Yeah. I, I really like the character too. I really like the way he played it. I guess he was only on set for five days that he filmed it. And did you ever hear his reasoning why he took the role? Why? Because he had alimony to play. Oh, I think I have heard that as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah otherwise alimony. he said he wouldn't have taken the role. Yeah. Well, he came back for like five of them. So I thought they killed him off in the second one. Well, he's back for more. He Is was he? in that. I know he was in revenge. Part four, which is revenge, and five. God, if if, if I only had See, this have the to, device, I have in to front go back and watch them. Yeah. So, anyways, Donald Pleasance had been in more than just the the mm-hmm. the first two. Um, I thought the Loomis character it, it was very much needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt like Donald Pleasance was doing this because he needed the alimony, uh, and maybe it was just the way it was written. Um, but I just his character, he was kind of dumb for a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. When he is walking the streets looking for Michael, how does he not see his car behind him? And then he spends all this time waiting at the Myers house as because they're going to wait for Michael. And the car's right fucking behind him. And he turns around and he's all, oh, there's the fucking car. There is a lot of things that don't make sense in this movie. Like the fact that they... You know, Michael is stalking Lori throughout the whole movie, like for a whole beginning, wearing the mask, wearing the overalls. Uh, and it's only like, what, halfway through the movie that we find out he got the mask from a hardware store where the alarm is going off. How long has that alarm been going off? Right. I and mean, it's just people in this town are kind of inept, right? Uh, uh, what's her name? Annie goes to pick up her boyfriend who lives three houses down. Yeah. Right. So she or the boyfriend had to come get her to take her to the wall. So anyways, it's fucking stupid. And uh, yeah, these the, these characters are well, kind of the other thing, too, that really bothered me is throughout the whole beginning of the movie, Lori's being stalked and she's seeing Michael everywhere. She's seeing him out the window. She's seeing him down the street. But as soon as Tommy sees, you know, Michael out the window and says the boogeyman's out there, she doesn't believe him anymore. Right. And. For all the times that she's staring at him, why doesn't she say anything? Why doesn't she say, hey, mom, dad, or fuck, Annie's dad is the sheriff. Creepy dude following me. With the fucking mask on. Yeah. Right? Oh, and I love this. Michael Myers drives. Oh, I love how they kind of touched on it. I don't know where he learned it. He must have learned it from watching. There is a, they did go back and I guess, I don't know if John Carpenter or someone did an interview saying that, Michael Myers was driven back and forth a lot to different court hearings, and he must have watched and saw how someone was driving. That's how he learned how to drive. But yeah, they even touched. I don't know how he learned to drive. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever. He was six years old when he went to the sanitarium. Uh, I, I believe it. I don't give a fuck. Right? I didn't care. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I certainly felt similarly with all these points you're talking about. You know, um, how in the world is he able to drive a car? And you know, Loomis says it appropriately well he couldn't drive a car well he certainly looked like he was mm-hmm. and then when they talked about you know the the hardware store the only thing that's missing is a mask some rope and a couple of knives how do you know that and that's like straight out of a horror movie and how does that not set off any fucking alarms when you hear that a knife rope well here's the thing too is you've been just told that there's this guy who escaped a mental institution he killed you know his sister when he was young He's coming back to the town. They're warning him. He's coming back to the town to probably seek out more people. Now a mask, a rope, and two knives have gone missing. 
And, st- and they still only give Loomis one officer to stick with him. They don't have the entire police force out looking for this guy. But, you know, small towns. I mean, we That's talked. That's what I was thinking. You know, we, we, we talked about it and all the other ones. Uh, fucking at the time, you know, yeah, cops yeah. were dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, their high schoolers looked like they were in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, that doesn't really. I didn't. I don't ever really think that. And Lori Strode, I, they dressed her up like grandma. Actually, she went out and bought her own clothes. I guess from a thrift shop. Yeah, she but, wanted to play the good girl. Yeah, but she, uh, she looked like she was wearing grandma's clothes. Yeah, I did notice that in this film, like uh, some of the other ones, Bob actually says uh, when uh, him and Linda are done doing the deed after and, that whole ten seconds. Yeah, and she <laughs> sounds like you, comic book guy. Uh, so let's talk about the kills. How many are kills are in this one? Uh, six kills. Okay, so what's the, uh, who's the first kill? It's the nurse, right? Uh, he doesn't no. kill the nurse in the, the beginning. The, the nurse driving the car? Yeah. She survives. Yeah. Oh, did she? Yeah. I know he attacks her. Yeah. Did you catch the scene where he reaches out, he's on top of the car, and he smacks the window? Did you catch the painted wrench on his hand, on his wrist? Uh, I saw something flash. Yeah, I you guess. Know, was- they actually put, or they tied or taped a wrench to his palm and painted it pink to look like his hand. Yeah. So he could break that window. Practical effects. Practical effects. So he kills uh, Annie in the back seat, right? Slices her throat. With no blood. Well, Carpenter didn't want it to be all bloody. Yeah. And then he goes after Bob and Linda. And then... Is that... No, there's got to be more than that. I just watched this fucking movie. Well, How no, come I'm not... We're being idiots. The first kill is Judith. Oh, <laughs> why are we not, not thinking that's about that? That's true. That's Judith, true. When he's a little boy, he kills his sister. That's right. So that's the first murder. You got Judith, Annie, Bob, Linda. Do either of you have sisters? No, no. I was trying to think who's out there. Sister sits there and brushes her hair in front of a mirror. First of all, when she's watching her brother and she's having sex upstairs, a whole 10 seconds worth of sex. Uh, they were both worth 10 seconds? Well, I'm saying she had sex with, like, you know, in the beginning, her boyfriend yeah, runs up, I, does her, runs out 10 seconds later. And she's up there brushing her hair with her door wide open, topless, in front of a mirror where her when she's watching her brother. Does that uh, seem weird to you? Yeah, but, I mean, maybe that's why he killed her. I don't know. You know? Or maybe he heard the druid voices in I his mean, head. She only got, like, 10 seconds of, you know, whatever was going on there. And then he killed her. Should have killed the boyfriend for running out so quick. I don't know. Why? He got what he wanted and left. He got lucky. Yeah. In both, in both sense of the word, right? Was was it really lucky that he got away with it or he got out before he got killed? Yeah, dude, that's pretty Uh, fucking lucky. That's pretty fucking lucky. lucky. Yeah, no, she, (laughs) she got dead. Yeah. Um, I always love the the expression on the little kid's face when they pull off the yeah. the mask. Michael, and he, <laughs> yeah. just, and he just kind of looks at the. I love the two parents <gasps> yeah staring down at him. Yeah, and and then they're just looking, and then we just you know pull away. It's interesting how they did do that shot. They made it look like it was one continuous shot the whole way and through his eyes. I did appreciate that effect because it's not something I think he really saw back in movies around that time. Yeah, no, that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean yeah. they. It, it was it was like one of the first ones, yeah. right? Um, I like the foreshadowing when Annie's driving the car. The Blue Oyster Cult is playing "Don't Fear the Reaper." Mm-hmm. I used to love that band. 
The Oyster Cult? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would, buddy. They have also that song about Godzilla. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, Needs more cowbell. <laughs> then that's what I will always refer to uh, when I hear Blue Oyster Cult is, mm-hmm. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Uh, Michael Myers wasn't originally going to be called Michael Myers. What was he going to be called? I forget. I don't remember. I remember what the movie was going to be called, but I don't remember what the character what it was, was going to be called. The Babysitter Killers. Well, yeah, was the original movie. Yeah, yeah. Title. What was he supposed to be called? The Shape. In the credits, he is actually referred to as the Shape. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad they went with Michael Myers. Although, from what I hear, the SNL character, the SNL actor uh, Michael Myers, was not too thrilled with him using that name. Yeah. Well, I mean, who could have known? Right, who could have known? Um, what didn't you like about this flick? Well, I'll jump in real quick. That uh, you know, obviously, it's it's hard for these movies made back then, made in the seventies, to hold up today. Like today's audience will look at it, see the outfits, see the sideburns, see the film style, the film quality. It's hard, even though these are good movies. It's hard for them to hold up, rewatchable wise. Uh, which I'm inventing a new word, rewatchable wise, uh, for today's audience. Um, you may or may not be correct. Um, I know that if you see a movie when it came out, there's a nostalgia for it, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it might not hold up uh, to today's audiences, but you know what? For me, this one is rewatchable and it does hold up. There are a lot of movies made in the eighties and seventies that completely do not hold up. But, right? think- but there are certain few that, um, that do. Now, that being said, if you introduced Michael Myers today in 2021, and this is the first time we've ever seen him, If you take something like John Carpenter's and you polish it up a little bit, I still think, well, I think that, people probably would be more uh, receptive to the zombie version. Let's say if you took like a, the average 16 year old today and showed him this 1978 movie, do you think it'd hold up as well? Depends the on the 16 year old. It really yeah. does. Cause uh, I showed Keenan this when yeah. he was around that age and he appreciates it. Yeah. Right. I showed Logan the original nightmare on Elm street. He laughed. He could care less. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, that's kind of where we're at. Has TJ seen this one? I don't, TJ and I have never talked specifically about this movie. He said that when I offered to have him watch it with me, he said, uh, I'm not, I don't want to watch the whole thing. I, I just want to watch some parts. So I couldn't tell one way or the other if he was just talking about if he wanted to see just the kills or if he's seen the movie before. I got you. Gotcha. So um, I think the story could hold up today. Mm-hmm. But the it, story it, is great. But it all depends on who does it and how it's done. So that's why I said that I think the zombie version would resonate better with today's mm-hmm. youth, I guess. And and we'll talk about that movie in a minute. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. Uh, we kind of went about the things that we didn't like already with, uh, you know, how did Loomis miss the fucking car? Anything else you guys want to touch on about what you didn't like? Maybe. If I had to pick a scene yeah. that I didn't care for as much for, it's the one where they're driving in the car and they're smoking pot or smoking the cigarettes or whatever, and they're driving up to the sheriff. Why didn't they just drive by him? Because that's her dad. I know, but she could have just driven by him. That's her dad. And 
that just that whole scene didn't seem like it needed to be there. Were they just saying that they were, you know, the average teenage kids up to hijinks? Well, now now you're just being nitpicky. Well, that scene God. did not bother me if at all. If you're asking if there's something we don't like, of course we're going to be nitpicky. Okay, but there's something different about that scene, which I thought was ridiculous. How the fuck does dad not smell the pot just emanating from the car? Oh, he smelled it. He's not a dumb cop. Absolutely. But he, but he's he not should a dumb have. dad either. So... Well, he yeah, spends he the whole him. movie then not believing Loomis at all. So I think he is a dumb cop. Would you believe Loomis? Yes, I would believe Loomis. I wouldn't. Really? I'd, I would say, dude, you're just being a Vaughn. He's Vaughn a cop. Villain. Someone reports it in. I I would take it seriously. There's a freaking gravestone just disappeared from the graveyard. Those it all God connects up. Damn kids. Two knives and a mask disappeared from this hardware store. Oh, look at you, Joe Detective. You would you would fucking run. It would all match up. I'd still run, but I'm saying it all matches up. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I'm out of this town. I'll see you tomorrow. See you yeah. on the on the first. Yeah. yeah, I thought the movie did a really good job of holding tension. Hundred percent. Yes. And, and and I attribute it largely to the musical score. The the musical score is iconic, but the also written by James Carpenter, John Carpenter, or John yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah. Well, he does Clark all he he pretty much does all of his own tunes. Yeah. Escape from New York, Big Trouble. I mean, yeah. that's all. He has such a distinct sound. Yeah. And what I was going to say was uh, it it felt a little bit too repetitive for me. That not was- not the main Halloween theme, the one that we all know and love, but the in-between. Um, it, it just kind of got monotonous. And it was probably meant to be that way to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it, I agree with you. That's one of the things I thought while watching the movie is, oh my God, here's the same music again. Here's the same thing again. They could have changed it up just a little bit. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Because every time that would happen, I would go, yeah, but this is Carpenter. Yeah. And I, it would kind of just fade away into the background for me. So, favorite kill. The favorite kill for me isn't quite a kill. The favorite kill for me is the the, the death of Michael Myers at the end when he's shot six times and falls to the ground. And then, holy shit, he's not there. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That Don, was my favorite Don, one. you got one? My favorite kill? Uh, my favorite kill would probably have to be uh, Homeboy stuck to the Bob. fucking door. However, there's a big flaw in that. A, his knife isn't long enough, and B, there's no way he would fucking just hang there. That's, that's mine, totally. too. Totally. I, I would agree with that, and I think... You know, being the favorite is it's also the one that's the most disputed. Yeah. But yeah, but so. it has one little touch at the end, which is really good at selling the moment. It is the iconic tilt of Michael's head. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I did notice, and going back, I kind of watched for it, was in this movie versus the second one, first one, Michael seems to appreciate his kills more. He actually like, kind of takes a pause after each kill to appreciate them. So that's kind of what I also liked on this scene is that he did that little dog hilt, head tilt. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that's easily my favorite kill in, in this one. Mm-hmm. Another moment that I really enjoyed a lot. I remembered in the theater watching it. Uh, we have Lori. She has, she has just sent, she has just sent the, the, the her, who's she babysitting? Tommy. Yeah. She, she sends Tommy off and she's sitting there quietly sobbing and then we watch Michael sit up in the background. Oh, yes. That was incredible to see in the theater because the theater drops a deuce. Oh, I, oh yeah, for sure. And the, uh, Carpenter did such a great job of having Michael in the background. He would subtly come in 
into frame or the the light would hit him and he'd come out of the shadow and he'd always be right there and everyone was oblivious but us the audience mm -hmm. and oh he was he was great at he that. also was good at not always putting him in the center of the frame he you know michael you know when he was stalking her he was kind of on the side the edge or the car was coming up on the side of the screen not the center of the screen yeah. so it wasn't something that really drew your attention right away unless you were looking in the background for me this movie is the first one that you're thinking, why don't they double tap? You know, you knocked him down, he's laying down on the floor, you stab him like six more times. You do whatever you got to do to make sure this motherfucker isn't getting up. Exactly. Oh, I, I agree with you 110%. And that goes for any of them, right? Well, I let's mean, face it, all of these characters haven't seen horror movies. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah, she's just sitting outside the bedroom crying and all that. And I'm thinking, you know he's going to sit up. Yeah, well, she, she's been pretty fucking dramatized. Yeah. I'm, ta I'm talking about more about Loomis not finishing the job with his fucking gun. Anything else you guys have to say about this Halloween before we move on to the next? Um, I enjoyed it. It was a fun watch. Uh, and my rating is, well, like all the other ones, you're going to have to wait to the end. Well, let me ask you this quick question. We've watched a lot of... First versions versus remakes. This version, I think, is most comparable to the first Friday the 13th in style, film style, look and feel. Which would you say was better made, the first Friday the 13th or the first Halloween? Oh, Halloween, without a doubt. Hands down. That's that, where I'm going to go to. That's yeah, kind of a dumb question. Well, it is a dumb question, but I just wanted to get a feel for it. Okay, well, you play dumb games, you win dumb prizes. Um... <laughs> Should we go to 2007 and uh, Rob Zombie's atrocious attempt at a remake? You hit that time machine. These eyes will deceive you. They will destroy you. They will take from you your innocence, your pride, and eventually your soul. These eyes do not see what you and I see. Behind these eyes, one finds only blackness, the absence of light. These are the eyes of a psychopath. Michael was created by a perfect alignment of interior and exterior factors gone violently wrong a perfect storm if you will thus creating a psychopath that knows no boundaries and has no boundaries all right so let's talk about halloween 2007 it was released on august 31st 2007 directed by rob zombie story by rob zombie stars malcolm mcdowell sherry moon zombie Scout Taylor Compton, Brad Dwarf, Danielle Harris, William Forsythe, Tyler Maine, and Dag Furch. After being committed for 17 years, Michael Myers, now a grown man, is still very dangerous. He escapes a mental institution and immediately returns to Haddonfield to find his baby sister, Lori. This movie was made for $15 million and it grossed $80 million. It's kind of crazy to me that the first movie made seventy million for such a lower budget, and this one only made eighty million for a much higher budget. What does that tell you? This one kind of sucked. 
movies like this, I feel like rely on word of mouth and if word of mouth isn't strong, then people are going to stay away. Yeah. Was this released in August? Yeah. As opposed to the other one was released on Halloween. Well, in October. Yeah. I, I thought oh, it was yeah. released on Halloween weekend or something like that, but, but the 2007 one was released in August. That could have a small thing to do with it as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, timing of your releases is, is pretty key when, when you're talking about movies. Um, yeah. It's surprising that this wasn't released in Halloween time. It was competing against, I think, Saw 4. Oh, well, there you go. Fucking Saw, right? This was made by Rob Zombie, and Rob Zombie had come in already making uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, mm. which I actually dug. I, I liked House of a Thousand Corpses, and I and I was really excited to see what Rob Zombie could do with Michael Myers, right? Because he he's zombies out there. Let's 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 not be afraid to say it. He's not afraid to show you some shit, and in this film, he shows you some shit. And he makes no apologies, he doesn't pull any punches, and he gives it to you, right? Now, whether or not you can take it, is that's on you, that's on the film goer. So I thought that maybe, you know, after watching it, and I remember seeing it in the theater, and I wasn't all that high on it. And then watching it again the other night, I remembered, oh yeah, I wasn't that high on it. So... I do appreciate the connections, though. Rob Zombie's connection was he had music in one of the other Halloween sequels. Oh, really? Yeah, they did use some of his music in the sequels, which he turned out to be a big fan of the Halloween series. But I do appreciate before he agreed to make this movie, he went to John Carpenter and asked for permission. Which is a classy move, yeah. right? And I think that if you're, if, if you're going to remake something, especially something that everybody loves or, or there's a big appreciation for, you go and get the blessing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, that uh, very much a classy move. I don't mind Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. I just think that he was given something. He was, giving a, he was given an intellectual property that he had a chance to remake and the direction he and his writing team decided to go was to give us a backstory of Michael Meyer, which, you know, I said 20 minutes ago, I don't need a backstory. And I think that is the biggest problem I had with this movie. Yeah. They spend, you know, we get basically the young Michael Myers as much as we get the old Michael Myers in the movie. I mean, it's like half the movie is the young one. Then we get the rest of them is the older one. Now, I understand that the purpose was, I guess there was a TV version of John Carpenter's original movie. They filmed some new scenes for the original movie before they put it on TV. And that TV version had the young uh, Michael Myers in court getting judged and getting sent to the sanitarium until he's 21, things like that. Um, So that was the inspiration for Rob Zombie having the younger version of Michael Myers in this movie so much. But I agree with you, or at least I think where you're going, is that in the original one, we just got a remorseless killer. It didn't matter his reasoning. It didn't matter his motives. It didn't matter his upbringing. It was almost cooler that he was this just unknown reason why he's doing this. He's just a killer. The fact in this movie they give him you know, a backstory and they give him the whole idea of, you know, he had kind of a shitty upbringing combined with the, you know, the serial killer tendencies to create this character. You didn't have the same feeling for the, the Michael Myers character. So you have um, this 
backstory happening because, as John was stating, the movie had to be toned down for a television version. Because it was toned down the way that it was, they went back to him and they said, we need more content. And so Carpenter scratched his head, said, all right, let's... uh," And so he worked out an idea and he got Donald Pleasance back involved with it, did some additional stuff, and that's how we get this origin of what Michael Myers was like before he did the killing. And as a result, Rob Zombie takes a look at this and he decides to put his spin onto it. And in the end, we end up getting this Rob Zombie version of, of Halloween, which I totally wish that whole first act waste of time don't need it mm-hmm. what we're doing with michael myers here is not effective it is not necessary nor do i want it i will tell you exactly why we have a backstory for michael myers yeah maybe he wanted to pay homage to those special scenes blah blah blah, blah. he needed somewhere to put his wife so there was another he, reason why he used his wife, besides the fact he just loves putting because his wife Because she was in tall, and it would explain how Michael Myers is tall. That's exactly. A, that's a stretch. That is a stretch. Okay, A, I don't give a fuck. He stays true to the backstory, Michael killing his sister, but he embellishes, and he goes on and on and on. And I, I, I kind of feel like a little bit that Rob Zombie wanted just to have these moments that he's had floating around in his head wouldn't be terrifying for this. And then he put a storyline around those moments. Mm -hmm. I feel this movie plays out a lot more as moments rather than a story. I don't think he said, uh, this is terrifying. I think he said, this would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, for me, I love the original Michael as Loomis puts it. He's pure evil. You can see evil in his eyes. The second one He's just a serial killer. He's just a kid, a messed up kid who grew up to be a messed up adult who's a serial killer. Well, there's, there's nothing well, there's, supernatural I, or evil I'm, about him. I'm going to agree and disagree with you in that. The first half of this film, you're absolutely right. He is a serial killer. In the second half, um, once we get introduced to Lori and it goes into just a uh, Uh, a condensed faster version of the original Halloween. I think he is more, uh, 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 foreboding. And Mm -hmm. I think he, he, he is a huge presence and I am, I would be more scared of this Michael than the other Michael. Just because Taylor Maine is so big. And I mean, he's a big fucking dude. And the bits in the, uh, the, um, the bits in the asylum, though unnecessary, made you feel uneasy right because he was so big well there was a purpose for the asylum in uh, especially danny trejo's part in that danny trejo was super nice to him as he was locked up and he still michael goes and kills him in a horrible vicious way is to basically say that this is a remorseless killer with no feelings godless yeah. marauding killing yeah. machine so basically we were just that was the whole point of that was just to basically say He'll kill anyone. And it's so heartbreaking to hear Danny Trejo going, I was good to you. I was good, good to you. And, Mikey he keep, and-, and he keeps beating his fucking head. And that's another thing. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Rob Zombie for a second. The The killing of the bully goes on and on. That was a little long. Uh, all of it's a little long. I mean, yeah. we get it. And I understand you want to push the envelope. But I mean, for me. Eight swings of the baseball bat. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. Uh. I, I've always said that what goes on here in your head is way worse than what's on screen. So if you tease it a little bit and you give a couple of 
two or three good whacks but if you use the right sound effect i think it still has the same effect of us watching it over and over and over again and i would agree with you in that uh you know john carpenter's kills versus rod zombies kills they had the same effect with or without the gore with or without the extension of you know going on and on and on you know they had the same impact yeah so in fact i would even give the points to john carpenter in that his seemed to you know they're quicker they got it done they moved on yeah so uh we would normally read the summary right here but we've been talking so much about it as you can guess uh the first 49 minutes of this film is michael's backstory where we find out that he's a sick little fuck um the second or the rest of the movie is a almost shot for shot remake of halloween disappointing except that he's he's trying to find his little sister right okay so he asks in this one rob zombie went ahead and gave us the morsel of laurie strode is michael's sister which we actually do not find out until the second halloween of the 70s uh series that's where we find out that michael and uh laurie are related nowhere in the 78 version that we watched does it even hint to that well thank you for spoiling that for me for who for me so, okay yeah, guess just, what just spoiler totally ruined the movie for well me good i'm glad you, you can throw it fuck. in at the front oh can i fuck off you fuck off you fuck off and you fuck off i am <laughs> i am disappointed how much it looked like the first one in in its shots and composition there were some differences of course you know the deeper we got into the movie uh the more uh gore that there was the more blood but you know zombie just digs his ambiance you know just you know the, the the sets, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, it, gratuitous nudity. Is that a thing for him too? Oh yeah. There's, he, he likes to put a lot in, which is odd because his wife doesn't get naked. Mm. I think she does in thousand corpses. I can't remember. Anyways. Yeah. The, uh, the, the way that the old Myers house looks, you know, when he's tearing up the ceiling and, and, and Laurie's hiding in the wall, having the, uh, uh, Having the the basement, you know, with, you know, how it looks down in the basement, you know, zombie really digs, you know, that vibe, that look, and it looks good. It looks like a, it's a, it, it feels like you're in a haunted house. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely the right vibe for that is the haunted house vibe for sure. Yeah, and I, I guess I expected more out of zombie going into this. I mean, I knew I was going to get a stupid fucking backstory, and that was going to be a big part of it, and that and that if you couldn't tell is my biggest issue with this film but when it gets into the remake of john carpenter's movie uh, i expected a little bit more it it just kind of played out exactly the way the first one did and it was like he had all of these ideas how to kill a bully and how to how to get him out of the sane asylum uh and and how to kill these guards and this that and the other and get away but when it came to the second half of the movie, he was like, oh, we'll just do it this way. That's where I kind of went back and forth a little bit in that, is he just taking the lazy road or is he doing a tribute? Like the whole killing of Bob, almost identical. I mean, he pretty much was identical to the original movie. You know, goes and kills Bob, pins him to the wall, goes upstairs in the ghost, the ghost costume. You know, and she even uses the same line, see something you like kind of thing. You know, it, it's exactly, but then I kept thinking, well, it's kind of a tribute 
to the original movie that he's putting those scenes in. You call it a tribute. I call it laziness. One or two things. Yeah, you're paying homage, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, in the uh, 2007 version, they, again, don't fear the Reapers on a lot of the stations or or on the background noise. And that's paying homage, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Making a shot-for-shot remake like they did with Psycho it's just just lazy to me. Absolutely. Because I feel the same way. You know, watching that stuff happen, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I already saw this movie. <laughs> I should be seeing something else. How about, you know, like, for example, one of the first things I thought of right off the bat was we could have had, we could have had Michael um, looking at the sheet and he could have it in his hands and he could have the glasses in the other hands and then he could just drop them. And find a new way to kill Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, I went right there and think, oh, oh, we didn't. Yeah, no, we went right into it. And uh, even uh, Lori being in the wall is just another version of her being in the closet. In the closet. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you would think that he'd get a little bit more inventive. If it's paying homage, well, then maybe he paid a little bit too homage. Let me me ask you this real quick. If we're going to compare scene to scene. You brought up Laurie in the closet versus Laurie in the wall. Which of those two did you like better? Which do you think was more kind of suspenseful, more tension? Closet. A uh, good question. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to say the closet. Yeah, that was know. that was one of my favorite scenes. Is the closet because he's coming at her and she's got to come up with something quick. Yeah, and she has no idea what she's doing. Now, granted, the payoff is you know he she stabs him in the eye as lucky shot. Um, and then obviously it doesn't kill him, but yeah, I mean, the closet is pretty iconic. A lot of people think that in the first movie, when Lori rips off his mask and you kind of see his face and it looks a little bit deformed, his face isn't actually deformed. It's because he's been stabbed in the eye. Yeah. That's what I thought when she pulls off. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's continuity. Exactly. Good. Good for them. Yeah. And and hiding in the closet, you know, it's a lousy place to hide. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a lousy place to well, hide. It's kind of the an door. You know, I saw her open the door thinking, you know, the, the balcony door thinking, okay, that's a diversion. Now she's going to go yep. in the closet. Yep. He never even went that. He knew right away she was in that closet. Yeah, so and she of course, sh- he's making all those noises and peeps. And Yeah, well, she should have went out the fucking door. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, did you know the gal that plays Annie actually plays Michael Myers' niece in the fourth and yes. fifth Halloween, Danielle and, Harris? And uh, there's actually a little bit of backstory behind that. Have you read the backstory? No. She really wanted to do the Rob Zombie version. She wanted to to change the way that people looked at her and the way people, you know, she was always kind of a goody character um, and a, an actress who was looked at kind of like almost like a Disney type actress. So she wanted to change the impression of her. So when Rob Zombie said, well, I might want you to do a nude scene, she jumped at it and said, yeah, absolutely. I'll be as nude as, as you want. She just had to walk around the set a lot in front of everybody naked, you know, t- you know, topless. And that long running scene, that was she her trying to change her image. Yeah. Yeah, well, she changed it because when we leave her, she's laying on the ground covered in blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, covering her boobies. And that is something that I noticed as well that, oh, right, is people get more and more covered in blood. It's a Rob Zombie movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So what'd you like about it? About the second one? Yeah. I, I will say that I liked Tyler Maine. I liked his portrayal of a really foreboding uh, Michael. You know, he's big and he's scary. I'll give it the, you know points for that. 
Uh, I will give it the points that the uh, high schoolers looked like high schoolers. They actually looked younger. They acted younger. Uh, everybody definitely used a lot of cussing in the movie, which seemed a little bit odd and a little bit out there. But they what act- the fuck are you talking about? But, you know, we don't cuss on this show. Uh, they did act like teenagers, and it was more believable for those characters. Beyond that, there was, wasn't much else. I would say that uh, McDowell, he did a good job as his version of Loomis. You know, he was kind of this... He went from being, you know, kind of a respectable psychiatrist to a guy who was just looking to make a buck. And did he really care about Michael? Or, you know, did he just, you know, now feel a little bit of blame for Michael? You know, a little guilty conscience. I like that little bit different of a portrayal, but there really wasn't much else in this movie that I cared about. Yeah. Would you, what about you? What'd you like about this film? I think that I appreciated how intimidating and foreboding michael looked in this movie the uh the roughness of his mask and the uh, the, the the grittiness of his look was very menacing yeah, yeah. He, you know he's six foot eight and he definitely you know fills a doorway and, and so i really really like that a lot cracked me up how uh how lousy people are at you know taking a shot at him and and, you know, when he gets stabbed and when he gets shot, it's, you know, um, is it Laurie that stabs him once and that's it? Yeah. Once? Right here in the yeah. graphical. What the heck? Come on. Yeah. Stop that fucker. Yeah. Cracked me up how pathetic Laurie was at the end of the movie. Just this this blithering idiot. Granted, she could very easily be in shock and she's completely traumatized, but it was it was dreadful watching her just just stumbling around screaming and sobbing and, and doing nothing except screaming and sobbing and stumbling around and yeah. she, she was pathetic she's no jamie lee curtis no no no, no. i do like before i go to don i do like a little bit that they did give more of a connection and origin to the mask for michael in that you know it was in that early scene when his sister got killed you know, that mask, and then he he basically hid it in the house and he finds it later. Whereas in the first movie, it's just something he stole from a hardware store. Which makes it so much more creepy. I can't believe you, you like that part. Creepy? Fuck yeah, as soon as the boyfriend pulled it out, I fucking rolled my eyes. I was just thinking, I said, Jesus, Rob Zombie, are you trying to force feed me this motherfucker? Yeah, but that's because you'd already seen the mask in the previous movies. In the previous one, you think, why has he got such a connection to this specific mask when he'd just stolen it? You think he'd have more of a connection to a clown mask. Why do you even think he has a connection to a mask? Because he wears it in every freaking movie. Because that's his mask. He goes back to it. I don't. I think he never loses it. Yeah. Well, he sure had a lot of them in the asylum in this version. Yeah. 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 Which I, I I kind of enjoyed that part. If I've I think that this film is about a half hour too long. Okay, this one clocks in at almost two hours, um, which is <laughs> a half hour longer than the original. And um, I dug the scenes with him in the uh, asylum. Uh, I dug the look of it. I dug the feel of it. I like the teenagers in it. And I even like the kills. I think if you shave off, I don't know, a frame here, a couple frames there, I think the kills are really effective. My problem is it just kept going and going and it takes you out of it. It took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't a horrible remake of a horror film. We've, we've reviewed some 
pretty bad ones recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say there was some things in here to like, but I feel like there was more things to dislike and you know, that sucked, but is what it is. I, I, I just wanted to comment that, um, uh, I, I did not raise my eyebrows at all when uh, Dr. Loomis is killed. I, I totally saw that coming. I knew that when they're both sitting in the car, eh, here comes Michael, and sure enough, grabs her, yanks her out of the car. Yep, totally saw that. Yeah, and, and I didn't like when he takes her to the house and he tries to explain to her that he's her brother. Forced. Uh, me neither. Dumb. Come on, Rob. Yeah. I expected why, more. Why does he all of a sudden now? I mean, I understand he didn't kill her in the beginning of the movie, but why now has he got all these feelings and he wants family? And, he's always had them. Yeah. He's always had them. How did he know that she is? She could kind of look uh, like the older sister. Okay, but but how does he know that she is his sister? She doesn't. It's movie convenience. It's them trying to work into this plot point that we actually don't even get until the second film mm-hmm. of the original. Now... When you were talking about Loomis getting killed, I didn't believe for a minute that he was dead. So I also was uh, not surprised by the time we get to the end of the movie that Laurie is just completely soaked in blood. Why is she soaked in blood at the end? So I just watched just it last being night. being beaten up and she falls off the balcony. Yeah, they both fall off the balcony. Michael tackles her. Yeah. When she's wanting to shoot the gun and she doesn't. And then she picks up the gun and click, click. Oh, and it does click. fire. It does Final, fire. At the grabs, fire. That's right. He grabs her wrist and it goes off. That's right. That's right. And then yeah, we cut it the co- black and It covers over. her in the blood at that point. But I kind of wanted to see, and, and I love how Ken, I think you pointed out the fact that she was just screaming and crying the whole movie. I want her to, to see her become that badass, to become the Michael Myers bloodline of she can be a killer too. Or at the very least, at the just very least, that she, Jamie Lee she finds style. an inner strength instead yeah. of just completely breaking down. Yeah, that's what I was kind of the fact for. that she completely breaks down just bothers the heck out of me. Uh, yeah, she was a fucking wreck, and um, she was a train wreck. Yeah, and she she did what she had to do, and I thought she was fine as the uh, as Laurie Strode. No, Jamie Lee Curtis. Don't don't get me wrong, but I mean, I guess for this film, it, it was okay. What was your favorite kill? In this movie? In this one. I'm going to just jump in. Uh, for this one, it was Bob again. It was the same fucking kill, though. I know, but I'm just saying it was. it's the same kill, but for both movies. God, you're fucking lazy. Yeah. I like the presentation that we get afterwards with the pumpkin on his head. Yeah, when he's hanging from yeah. the... That was a nice display. That was a nice little nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my favorite kill? When he kills Lori's parents. When he kills D. Wallace, mm-hmm. and that's because there she's crawling, and he just yeah, toying yeah, yeah. with his supper. Yep, right, and yeah. that's where I think that was probably the most frightening and, and scene she, for me. And she's drug out. That's of, right. of the frame. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Yours? I, I nothing comes to mind. To compare the two movies, let's look at our scorecard. Which movie do you think had the better storyline slash script? Well, considering. They're both the same story. One just has 49 useless minutes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the first one. First, I am going to agree with both of you. Uh, Which one had better characters? Better characters, since they were kind of the same characters. I'm going to go with the first one again. 
Yeah, so am I. I. I could care less about the backstory characters. No, you couldn't care less. When you say you could care less, that means you could care less. You're trying to say that you couldn't care less. This is why he's the professor. I couldn't fucking care fucking less about the fucking characters in the second fucking film. Sorry, Dad. That's what the professor does. Well, it's proper. That was proper. Like little grammar guy over there. I know, dude. What the fuck? Uh, Music-wise, which had the better music? First. Zombie used the Halloween theme, but he also used some other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the second one. You're going to go with the second one. Yeah. The only reason I picked the first one is because I honestly, if if I'm thinking about both movies, I can only, I mean, again, repetition, but I can only think of the, mu- the music from the first one. Um, that's the one that's iconic. That's the one I keep hearing over and over in my head. Um, so that's the one that made the more impact on me. Yeah. Which movie, since we were talking about best kills earlier, which movie do you think had the better kills? If you would have cut down a bunch of what he was doing, Rob Zombie had some really cool kills. To me, I think that a lot of them stem from previous horror movies, right? Especially the last half of the film, the last half of the film, he just took the same kills, right? Again, he had this chance to do something really fucking cool and he almost pulls it off but i'm gonna give it to the first one because that's when we first saw it and when he kills bob and hangs him on the fucking door you know that was good shit ken do you have a preference which one you thought the kills were done better first first one i would agree with you both in that i didn't need the kills to be drawn out i understand rob zombie was going to try to make us uncomfortable make us squeamish things like that but you know, I didn't need to see people get beat and, you know, bloodied and everything before they get killed. Even though, uh, you know, Cameron did, or Carpenter, excuse me, Carpenter didn't have the gore and the, you know, the blood and all that in his first movie. His were quicker to the point. We got it. We, we understand what happened. Which Michael Myers did you like better? The one from the 1978 version or the one from the 2007 version? I am really torn. I am really torn between these two because they both have strong attributes that make them chilling. And I, I think for me, I think I might go with the second one. Yeah. The height, uh, the, the way the mask looks and I, I, I yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the 2007 one as well. Cause he was a big dude and he yeah. was fucking, he was fucking pretty intimidating. I will give you that. He's more intimidating, more foreboding, things like that. But if you look at the background stories of both of them, the first one, like I said earlier, he's just a remorseless killer. We don't know his purpose. He's just unstoppable and killing for no particular reason. There's no feeling behind it. The second one, we know he's a fucked up kid and he's just grown into a fucked up adult. So for that reason, I liked the storyline of the Mike Myers. I liked the buildup of the character in the first one than, more than the second one. I liked the Michael in the first one better. Which movie do you feel like had more scenes that were more tense and more suspension, the better buildup of those scenes? I'm going to say the first one. Uh, just the way uh, Carpenter used the camera and the angles that we got. The dimming of the light. The dimming of the lights. And every time Michael would come in and we get that shot when he raises, when we th- when Laurie thinks he's dead and weighs so much more. Because nothing was really tense in the, the, 
the 2007 one because he throws it all at you. He throws you, he tells you exactly what you're going to get when he beats this bully to death and when he kills the little rat. And we know uh, just from the atmosphere and the setting that you're going to see some shit. So it's really not that tense. You know it's coming. At least with this one, the 78 version, you get the heavy breathing, you get the, the point of view shots, uh, the slow movement of the camera, and just the way he, he worked the camera. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it to the first one for sure. First, hand, hands down, absolutely. The second one, I, I, I will say, though, that um, it, I don't want to say that it was almost comical, but I found myself being amused a couple of times with all of the killing that Jason was doing and all of the different places he was going, he's a busy little beaver. He's busy setting up stiff stuff here, setting up stuff there, getting this ready to go here, and now he's got to run over there. He's a busy little beaver. Yeah. 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 I think... You meant Michael, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, in my opinion, uh, although he tried, Rob Zombie tried, he did not recapture like that tenseness and the suspension... Or just the the whole scene of Laurie in the closet, you know, he tried to recapture that type of moment, that type of feeling, but that scene alone seals the deal for me for the first movie. Yeah, well, I think we know the answer, but we'll ask the question anyway for John's little scoreboard. Who is the better Laurie? First, Jamie Lee. It's always got to be Jamie Lee Curtis. She's the queen. The Scream yeah. Queen. She's yeah. the original. You would think that it would be Sharon Burns from Texas, but no, it is Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah. Marilyn Burns. If we if we were next on the scorecard, it's which had the more kills, that one easily goes to the second one. Yeah. Well, uh, the first forty nine minutes of the movie had more kills than the entire original. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now comes the big question I feel. Of the two movies, if someone said, Hey, Let's go watch Halloween. Which one would you say is more rewatchable? Which one are you going to say, hey, let's watch the 1978 version or the 2007 version? Well, I think you know what I'm going to say. The second one. Not. Oh, you should have done it like Mike Myers. Canadian Mike Myers. Uh, the first one. Hands down. I agree with you both. I'm going to go with the first one. Yeah. So do you want to know our overall who won? I'm pretty sure it's pretty obvious to people, but please enlighten us. Obviously, the 1978 version won hands down for our pick over the 2007 version. All right, so what do you guys think? We should rate these bitches. Would you like me to elaborate? Uh, Please, Professor, how do we rate these bitches? We rate them on a scale of one to five. Five is a movie that you're ready to watch again right now. You are ready just to jump right in and get into it right away. A one is a movie that you have seen and you have no desire to see it ever again. It's just done. Don't need it. A three somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I'll watch it someday. Who knows when? All right. There you have it. Who wants to go first? What would a zero be, Professor? Somebody owes me two hours of my life back. Okay. Well, I will go first if that is okay with you, Don. It is your basement. I suppose. Okay. Well, looking at the 1978 version... I always got to appreciate any movie that Jamie Lee Curtis is in. Um, I thought she did a great job. I thought uh, Carpenter did a great job of putting this movie together. It, you know, it does lack a few things here and there. There are some unbelievability in that you're right. Michael Myers gets around so quickly, so many different places. You know, things don't add up. But for what it was at the time that it came out, 
compared to the other movies that were made that were just knockoffs of this movie. And the fact that everybody compares, you know, any future slasher movie to the original Halloween, um, it was a good movie. And I'm glad I was, you know, we had this assignment to go back and watch this movie because I remembered it a lot differently. I remembered it not liking it as much when I first saw it, but I really enjoyed it this time around. In fact, there are some scenes that I stopped and I rewinded, like, you know, Michael's mask coming off, uh, the when he escaped from the insane asylum, things I rewatched even while watching the movie just to see them again and see if I could catch little things. Um, you know, going back, knowing that he appears in a lot of background scenes, I wanted to go back and find all those scenes. So again, really enjoyed this movie. If someone came over and said, hey, let's watch the 1978 version of Halloween again, I would watch it all the way through with them. So for that reason, I'm actually going to give us a 3.5. 3.5 from the comic book guy. So now jumping ahead to the 2007 Rob Zombies version, to me, again, I agree with you, Don. It was, for at least the last half of it, it was almost shot-for-shot shot remake of the first movie. Um, I got everything I needed to see seeing it this one time again. I had seen it once before, Um Seeing it again, yes, it it's a good movie. It's you know, cinematography is good in some scenes. The the it's interesting to get you know Michael's storyline all that, but it went on and on. And I agree with you that the murders went on and on, especially that bully scene. You know, I didn't need all the begging and the beating. They just could have finished them off quick. Um, I found myself thinking, this needs to speed up. This needs to pick up a lot. Um, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, if I had to pick between the two movies on which one I'd want to rewatch, I would pick the 1978 version over this one easily. So for that reason, I'm going to give this one a 2.5. <laughs> wow. That's fucking high, dude. That's for, what I was thinking. For all the shit you were just talking, a 2.5, you're going to give it half? You're going to give it a halfway? I'm going to give it a point down and halfway because... If other people were watching it, I'd watch it with them. If I had oh. to pick between the two movies, I could go either way. You know, if whichever one's free is the one that I'd probably watch. I could, you know, so when I give a 2.5, it's because I can go either way on it. Um, but again, picking between the two movies, same situations, I'm going to give the extra point to the 1978 version because I'd want to watch that one more. Huh. All right. 2.5 for the remake and 3.5 for the original from the comic book guy. You want to go or you want me to go? I can go. The uh, 1978 version is probably my favorite horror movie. When we talk about modern horror movies, it uh, it 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 uh, plays out so well in my memory. And watching it again, it didn't disappoint. I I remembered a lot of this movie, even though it had been a long time since I'd seen it. So it's left an indelible mark you know, in my uh, history of, you know, horror movies, which I don't necessarily uh, uh, pursue with a passion. But what I enjoy about this movie is how effectively it is conveying its tension and the uh, the godless marauding killing machine of Michael Myers as he's introduced to me. Wow, it is so satisfying to watch him just keep coming, and you're thinking there's just no way anybody's going to stop him. 
and having him being gone at the end when uh, you have uh, Loomis looking down off the balcony and he's not there. Great way to end the great way to end the movie. And I look at the uh, the Rob Zombie version. And as I stated briefly before, it plays out more as moments that the storyline is filling in around. Uh, as you said, you're looking at, you know, wouldn't it be cool is probably what he was thinking. And I, I, I just didn't think that, this, that the uh, 2007 version was nearly as strong. I have a modest to little desire to see the uh, 2007 version again. Uh, I, 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 I adored Jamie Lee Curtis in the first one. I, uh, Donald Pleasance, he, he was so good as Loomis, and I, I, I am so satisfied when he empties his revolver into Jason or into uh, Michael, you know, shooting him off the balcony like that. It's like, yes, that'll get him. But then it doesn't. So satisfying. I will give the first Halloween a strong, solid four. I will give the second Halloween a strong, solid one. There you go. One and four. For my review, uh, the 1978 version was a classic and it gave us Michael Myers. It uh, gave us Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and, you know, though not my favorite of the slasher uh, villains, Michael Myers is pretty intimidating and especially in the zombies version i, I like the zombie uh version of michael myers better than the 78 you take him and put him in the 78 now we're talking right? holy shit um but yeah uh, halloween i mean what else can we say about halloween that we haven't already said um classic film the way it was made the independent filmmaking uh, feel it had uh, john carpenter doing pretty much everything himself writing shooting editing uh scoring i mean he he's one of those filmmakers that i really enjoy now his movies aren't always the best but he has made some great movies um so for that i'm going to give the first halloween a solid 3.5 um and zombie though he maybe his heart was in the right place maybe he was trying to pay homage but it didn't kind of it felt a little bit too much uh the backstory for me and keenan and i have had this argument plenty of times i didn't need the backstory keenan liked it so i mean that goes to show you about the the times it was released and and i'm pretty sure he saw this one first but anyways um yeah so zombies version was uh hyper violent and it was kind of kind of unnecessary we we didn't really need this remake kind of like the other remakes we were talking about Mm -hmm. uh, earlier in this series you didn't really need it you were given this chance to do something cool with it you could have reinvented it and you reinvented it by going backwards and giving us something that we already had, which was Michael Myers. We don't need to know why he's fucked in the head. He's fucked in the head, right? Um, so for that, I'm going to give uh, the 2007 version a one. So here's an interesting thought. If you have the 2007 backdrop story directed differently, different direction choices, different editing choices, 
that would be an interesting thing to see. Having this Michael Myers, these characters, this Dr. Loomis, but if it was directed differently, perhaps that could be a more enjoyable movie. Well, I guess it all depends on the director. And and, and the editing. Yeah, and again, I'm not knocking uh, Zombie as a director. I'm not either. Because there are films of Rob Zombies that I really do enjoy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he's a bad director. Um, I just think he just didn't make a lot of good choices with this one. And unfortunately, it gets worse in the remake of the second one. If If I, as a director, was going to have, like, either produce or direct a new Halloween remake... The three, there's only three elements I would keep in it. One, the young Michael Myers killing his sister. Two, you got to throw in Loomis somewhere in there. And then three, you just got to have Laurie as the prime character. But beyond that, free range, make the movie you want to make, tell your Michael Myers story different. There you go. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I think that that's well put. Now, Don, I know that there's a question on top of your brain right now itching at you that you want to ask now that we've reviewed all of these movies. All right, so let's go back to the very beginning. We talked about Jason. We talked about Leatherface. We talked about Sir Freddy Krueger. And we have now talked about Michael Myers. If they were all trapped in a room, who would win? And explain your answer. Well, before we go into that, there's one correction I think we need to make. Now, there are no corrections, but go ahead and say what you're going to say. We reviewed the first Friday the 13th and then the remake. Now, are you talking That's about... That's a compelling point. Pamela Voorhees, or are you talking about Jason? Which one did you like better? I think I gave it to the second one, the okay, remake. So I'm, so I'm going to go ahead and let you use your big boy brain and figure that one out. Wow, he is extra high dick level tonight. Fair point. <laughs> but that's a fair point validated by the professor so uh but any I other see qu- where you're coming from yeah so anyway we want to go around and say if we were going to put them all in a room you i think you put it earlier pinheads now captured them all and he's put them into a gladiator pit and said only one of you comes out and and only just to clarify i picked pinhead because he comes from hell and so yeah. if they were going to go to hell they're all going to fight in a pit they're going to fight a pit of hell who would win is does freddy have his powers his dream powers yes everybody has everything that you've seen in the films you can take every jason roll it up into one you can take every freddy roll it up into one the character itself freddy krueger leatherface jason Voorhees, or michael myers i'm gonna go with michael myers why i think michael myers seems to show the most resilience as well as brute strength fair point Fair he point. is an, a kind of an unstoppable murder machine. So is Jason. Yeah. Well, Jason basically was patterned after Michael. But for me, uh, you think it's obvious from our Friday the third, or from our uh, Nightmare on Elm Street podcast that got a schoolgirl crush on Freddy. Uh, I gotta go with Freddy in that. Even when you think you got him beat, even when you think you got him down. He's always, you know, tricking you. He's always making you think you won when he's actually figuring out a new way to take you down. Plus, he feeds off of your fears, so he's going to figure out what gets to each of these characters so he can get to them. Right. So here, here's how I see it breaking down in hell. Uh, Jason and Michael go at it. Freddy makes quick work of Leatherface because he's just a big fucking cannibal with a chainsaw. Yep. Uh and then Freddie sits back and waits for the winner between Michael and Jason, and then 
Freddie proceeds to win. Now, what if Michael and Jason decide to team up on Freddie? I don't think it matters. Freddie's too smart. He's obviously smarter than all of them. Um, you know, we have a big mindless killing machine in Jason, and we have a big mindless killing machine in Michael. <laughs> so I think Freddie wins, and Freddie is the champion of hell. Yeah. All right. So uh, I do want to say, listeners, if you agree or disagree, Throw some comments in there. Let us know who you think and why they would win. Yeah, or if you guys just want to tell John why he's wrong about other things other than Freddy, please comment. Let us know. Good thing I am the uh, editor on the website. So now that we've talked about who we think would win in an ultimate fight, let's talk about these final girls. There's four of them to pick from. We have Sally from Texas. We have Alice from Friday the 13th. We have Nancy from nightmare on elm street and we have Lori from halloween in your opinion who is let's rank them uh there who, you go who, who is the who, one two three four yeah who do you think would be most likely to survive and who would be most likely to uh end their journey early so down at the bottom i i put alice i i thought that she is a uh in general helpless person that um just through uh, simple luck of the draw, she ended up coming out alive, and she showed little to no backbone. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Sally. I, I, I like uh, the torture that um, we see exuding from Sally, and, and the fact that she is so broken. I believed what she was selling. And with that, I thought she was a, a more effective final girl because the, the final girl is just the final girl. Whether or not she's whole or broken, we never really get into that. Sure. Uh, after that, I boy, it, it's, it's a toss-up because uh, I have Lori before I experienced Nancy. And because of that, I have uh, a stronger connection because she's my original final, final girl. And she does very little in so far as uh, protecting herself other than just she gets a stab and then she just stops. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, just because of what I just said there, I think she's going to go to number two. And then Nancy, she's my number one. She is the fiercest of all of our final girls in these four movies. And the fact that, that, that she is so motivated and driven and willing to uh, go and find Freddy and not just run away from him. She wants to settle it once and for all, once and for all, you know, it's him or me. And with that, you know, I, I got to go that she is the best final girl. Yeah. yeah. There you go. John, what do you think? For me, I'm a little bit different than you, Professor. I'm going to put Sally at number four only because I felt like she was a victim the entire movie, or at least the entire scenes when she got caught by that family. Um, the only reason why she got away is because she escaped. She didn't really fight back. You know, she just kind of took the punishment, and she just screamed and screamed and screamed to the point where... I didn't find myself rooting her for her at all. Alice, on the other hand, while Sally's acting was a lot better, I'm going to give Alice number three because at least she fought back and she tried to uh, 
you know, take out the killer while getting away. So she goes to number three. But again, for me, three and four were pretty forgettable. For, for one and two, this was a tough decision. Um, but I'm going to have to put Lori at number two. Again, she fought back and she's Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm a big fan of Jamie Lee Curtis in just about anything she's been in. Um, so just the fact that, you know, she was a smart character that she, you know, had some, you know, tenacity to her. I give her the number two spot, but kind of going the same lines where you were going professor, uh, number one's gotta be Nancy. Main reason is, you know, three quarters of the way in the movie, she's no longer playing the victim. She's no longer playing the hunted. She's the hunter. She's going to take on Freddy. She's going to go after him. She's going to go in, you know, when Glenn, uh, she had Glenn watch over her while she was going to go in and she was going to find Freddy. She wasn't running at, you know, away from him. She was running to him. And, you know, she was the most believable as she could stop the bad guy. So that's why Nancy, for me, hits that number one spot. Don, what was your ranking? Uh, I would say Alice at number four, Sally at number three, Laurie at number two, and Nancy at number one. And I base that on uh, survival, how much they wanted to survive i guess uh i bought it the most from nancy because she wanted to solve the problem and she went after it um Lori fought back and she she was afraid of him but she knew what she needed to do and she wanted to protect the children and uh it's jamie lee curtis right um and then sally at three is yeah she didn't really get a chance to fight back but there was a survival instinct in her that made her jump out that window and made her uh get into the back of the pickup and it's because she got to survive uh just randomly Really, it was a luck of a fucking draw. She got yeah. fucking lucky. Yeah. And but but it's that ending scene when she's laughing like, oh, I fucking did it, right? I think that that I think that goes a long way. And Alice, I don't know. I just wasn't impressed by the entire first one anyway. So anyway, that's that's my ranking. All right. So I think that is gonna wrap it up for our Halloween series. Um I had a lot of fun with this. This, Me too. this this was this was a good time. Uh I think that uh if our listeners think that there's some more series out there that we should talk about and watch and review, let us know. We are uh, open to anything. Uh coming down the pipeline uh in the month of November, we are going to get into our viewers choices. So stay tuned for that. But first, we are going to finish out our genre picks. And so let's go ahead and do that right now. Who picked the last one? I picked the last one. So is it back to me? I think it is back to you, Professor. Three movies left. One movie from John, one movie from Don, and one movie from moi. Our next movie is going to be a movie that I'm sure one of us will not like. Because that's the way it always goes. Yeah, well. What genre? It's a musical. Okay, it's not a musical, but it's a musical. Oh, it's I a know. food movie. It is it's a food John's movie. food movie. Is it fucking Little Shop of Horrors? It no. is not. Okay, hang on. It's a musical, but it's a food musical. Do, do you see a theme going here? Musical. Yeah, you don't fucking know how to pick movies. 
It oh is, my God! What is it? You cannot deny that it is a food. I don't movie. know. I don't even know what the fuck the movie is. So how can I deny anything? What is it, Professor? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The original, not Charlie, but Willy Wonka. Yeah, no, I Gene heard, Wilder. I heard you the first time. Is Are you going to say that that's not a food movie? It a it's food, a musical. It's a food movie. The whole movie's about candy. Dude, you suck. All right, I just want to say thanks to TJ for coming on and talking about Texas Chainsaw. That was a lot of fun. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this horror series. Uh, John, where can they find us? They can find us at any popular or even not so popular podcasting hosting website. Uh, we're on pretty much all of them. Uh, they can find us at our website at threeguysinaflick.com. They can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Where else has your daughter thrown us up? Uh, I think we're working on a TikTok thing, but we'll see what happens yeah. there. That's where Professor's going to dance a little or do some kind of song. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. spoiler (laughs) see this is why we don't make podcasts when don's drunk yeah that's right because i get drunk so often i'm like a fucking lush is that why you wear the the lampshade oh i thought it was a fucking hat i think that don should have worn the michael myers mask the whole the whole podcast uh i think you should fuck off if any of us is michael myers I don't know who would be Michael Myers. Oh, it's always going to, it has to be the professor. It's always the quiet one. Well, see, I would almost pick him as Jason too. Yeah. Or maybe I would put you as Jason. I don't know. Was he Jewish? Yeah. Voorhees. Come on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or would you want to be Leatherface, professor? Would you want to wear a mask made of human, human skin? Human skin. It certainly has its appeal. Well, all I can say is, fuck you, I'm Freddy. No, dude, you're not Freddy. I'm Freddy. You're Bruce the Shark. No, I'm Freddy. Always and forever. I'm way funnier than you. I am better looking than you. And I'm sure that if I got all burned up, I'd still be funnier and better looking than you. So this will will be a quick edit job. (laughs) I'm Freddy. The end.